Hello, you're listening to episode 9 of Live and Friends Self-Care Sunday podcast. This week is going to be the first week um, going by the new format. So if you didn't listen to the um, update on how it's going to be going forward, from now on I'll be releasing a podcast every other week. And in the weeks in between, there'll be a written post on Instagram. And if you're not following the podcast Instagram already, the handle is Lives Self Care Sunday. So L I V S S E L F C A R E S U N D A Y. So if you give that a follow, so every other week there'll be a written post on that Instagram about a particular topic. And then the following week, there'll be a podcast released about that same topic. I had some good responses from the topic that I wrote about last week. I was writing about anxiety, living with anxiety, and I had people sharing their stories of how they deal with their anxiety and how they've come to terms with it. So that was really great. This week, I'm going to talk with my friend who I've known for absolutely ever, um, Amy Steer. She lives in Nottingham and we are going to attempt to record a podcast episode over the phone. So if there is any kind of delay, um, any kind of rustling, anything like that, um, sorry, please bear with it. We've tried our best. Um, I think it does sound um, okay. It actually does kind of sound like we recorded in the same room. So yeah, just excuse any kind of little things like that. But we will be discussing in-depth anxiety, how we have come to terms with our anxiety, how we deal with it and what we think causes it, things like that. So stay tuned for that. So grab a coffee, put your feet up and let's dive right in. Uh, welcome to episode nine of Live and Friends Self-Care Sunday. Today I'm here with my childhood friend and artist, Amy Steer. Hello, Amy. Hi. Can you introduce yourself, please? Yes. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> this is so awkward and weird. And that is one of the things I struggle with my anxiety. So really, you've got me on for the perfect podcast. But yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm Amy. I am a kitchen designer and, yeah, artist. I quite like painting. I have known you for forever, pretty much. Um, Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. It feels that long because it's well over half our lifetimes, I think. I think that's the problem. Oh, my God, don't. And it does mean that I call you Livy instead of Liv. So I apologise if there's any confusion to the listeners. But I mean the same person, honest. (laughs) So you live in... Where do you live? Tell us. (laughs) You know Sorry, that was, weird that, that was a weird way. That was a weird way to queue up. I live in Nottingham. <laughs> okay. So sort so, of um, Midlands. Yes, which is why we are recording this podcast on the phone. So currently this is two recordings put into one. Yeah. So if it goes okay. a bit pear-shaped, that's why. <laughs> that's why I blame the phones. It's nothing to do with us. <laughs> no, nothing at all. We're perfect. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Today's topic that we'll be discussing is living with anxiety so, Amy, if you could tell us a little bit, um, maybe when you came to terms uh, with the fact, because I know that obviously you suffer from anxiety as well. So kind of when you came to terms with that. Um, embarrassingly, fairly recently. Um, yeah, like it must be maybe eight months that I've sort of been able to cope with it, for want of a better word. I don't like the word mm-hmm. cope, but you know what I mean. Yeah. But yeah, not that long, not that long. 
So I think, um, I, I don't know, I really did want to speak to you about this uh, subject because I kind of see you as someone who inspires me to um, just kind of just kind of own it um, I, because Aww. you've been quite open about it. Uh, that's but so maybe lovely. maybe <laughs> is it <laughs> yeah that's so nice oh, okay <laughs> no i know that that i like that yeah, i mean it I helps mean, that we've couple... known each other forever that's why i'm able to be quite I mean, open yeah. with about with you about it but then again i am currently on a podcast talking about Discussing it, it yeah. So. exactly <laughs> yeah okay i see your point yeah and <laughs> i think because I struggled a lot with, I've had anxiety for a very long time, um, but I was, um, I think I definitely struggled with feeling ashamed of it and just there being so much shame attached to it that I kind of just didn't talk about it at all and I buried it very deep and just kind of acted like um, I wasn't suffering from it at all, uh, which obviously is not the way to deal with no. it. But I so, can't say um, yeah. I didn't act like that at any point in my life. Like, I... yeah. I've I I did push it down I did and thankfully I've got a wonderful human who has decided to live with me who has helped me get to a point that he's like you know what it's okay and to be fair he's not the most no I can't say that uh he has his own sort of things that he's dealing with so I think it helps that we both understand how the other person is feeling more times than not um but yeah I just I kind of decided not to waste any more energy on being ashamed of it like there's just no point like it's a part of who yeah. I am and it's a part of who so many people are like yeah. I don't think I know a person our age really who doesn't have something wrong with them that yeah. sounds awful as well but you know what it, you, you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. I mean definitely I, th I feel like we're definitely a kind of like an anxiety generation yeah I don't know maybe it's kind of the time that we've grown up um but like just there being so many pressures and I feel like this kind of generation, so around where you're 25, I'm 26, just um, yeah. this kind of, there's definitely a sense of we all kind of feel like that. Yeah, I um, really think that. But then we we have that age gap where we've suddenly had the internet influencing us. We've suddenly had instant communication where everyone knows everything about everyone else. Like we we didn't grow up like initially with social media. It's something that's sort of happened. So I think we're just that generation that unfortunately has had to have so much change in the way that life is in general. Yeah, that's that true. We're all a bit knocked for six. Yeah, definitely. I think... Um... Well, one of the things that my um, my therapist told me was that when me moving to London, like, was something that kind of was like a catalyst for my, like, for my hypochondria, which is a form of anxiety to, like, kind of come out. Because um, it's something that I've always had since, like, my earliest memories are of, like, being a toddler and refusing to go to bed because I was so afraid that I would never wake up again. Um, oh, like, so it's something so that I've, like... Yeah, I know. <laughs> Little me crying yeah. myself and not wanting to go to sleep. Um, but yeah, so like it's something that I've like always had. But mo me moving away from home. So when I was 18 and um, moving away from home and friends and whatever and going to London by myself to study. Um, I was told that that was kind of like a, a catalyst that kind of caused it to come out. Yeah, so I, I feel like, yeah, understand I that. Yeah. So I feel like I think you're onto something when you say that kind of the ch something to do with change yeah. um, brings that on. No, I, I agree. So it's, it's funny, though, because my I, I think I'm also a hypochondriac, but not quite. It's different because I 
see like or something goes wrong with me or I see something on TV and start feeling like I have the symptoms and I just push it down and I'm like you know what I'm not even gonna go to the doctors I'm not even gonna think yeah. about it so mine's like instead of panicking that I have it I just ignore those feelings completely so I, I right I I mean my anxiety manifests in so many different ways that's just one of the yeah. many wonderful ones that I have to deal with um but it is yeah. yeah I don't understand how health is such a big thing like so weird considering we've got like average lifespan that's pretty good in comparison to previous years i just don't get it yeah i mean i think maybe it's something to do with kind of exposure to i'm not you know just like just media in general um yeah and just such how we have such a high rate of consumption nowadays um we like when you think about the amount of stuff that we see in like an average day um, I feel like there's definitely because when I think about why like when I was a little kid why I thought that I was gonna go to sleep and never wake up again I, mu- I feel like it must have been something that I saw it must have been like some sort of film um, yeah it must have been just like just something and I feel like I just you have to get those ideas from somewhere you know especially when you're kind of you're young and you don't form those ideas by yourself you have to you're quite impressionable and yes. um yeah you have to get those ideas from somewhere so I feel like maybe because we're exposed to so much like so much um like on the internet and films and all of that um that maybe that's kind of implanting ideas more than we kind of realize maybe yeah I think I completely agree with that I mean I still occasionally have nightmares of a bit in an Indiana Jones film that I watched when I was far too young to be watching it. I still have right. that as a recurring nightmare. Um, still? Age 25. Yeah, occasionally it just wow. pops up. I'm like, oh, where have you been? Flipping heck. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, I know. God. I mean, it doesn't help that my dreams are like the most vivid thing ever because like a lot of times like I'll wake up in the middle of the night crying, thinking that one of my family members have died. There was one occasion yeah. where I thought both my brothers had died. And it's something I'm very scared about like the whole death and everything to do with that that is a major thing I struggle with um yeah but I literally I had to phone my two brothers at like half past seven in the morning and woke them up to make sure that they were okay yeah it's just so vivid so I really I really really struggle with that and it's things like even watching Bird Box which wasn't that scary I still Mm. I still am that impressionable (laughs) that it just right yeah it just it feeds on that anxious place inside me and then I have these horrible dreams about it it's not very yeah I feel like dream dreams is something that um I suppose when I think about it when I think about the people that I know who are kind of also the same sort of kind of people that I am and perhaps that you are like people who are overthinkers people who get anxious (laughs) and things like that um and I think dreams is definitely something like I think you do have more vivid and more complicated dreams if, I mean, at the end of the day, dreams are thoughts, aren't they? So yeah. if your thoughts are, if you're overthinking and there's very complicated thoughts, your dreams are going to be complicated as well. That's true. So I feel like maybe having vivid dreams just is a, it's kind of like a manifestation of anxiety, isn't it, really? Yeah, like mine genuinely are. That's the thing. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. But that's something I still deal with. Um, I'm trying to think of sort of like ways I'm what I do because like you mentioned in your post that you like listening to ASMR and stuff like that like that just yeah. straight up doesn't work for me it doesn't because Does the moment I, no the moment I've got into my head no matter what I'm watching no matter what I'm doing it just goes round and round and round in my head it's awful it's absolutely terrible um, yeah. I actually can't go to sleep without something on now much to Tom's aggravation 
hate When you it. say something, do you mean like films or TV or it what kind of things do you use? It tends to be crappy YouTube videos. Like oh, I really? Up, yeah, I end up in a hole of sort of just weird stuff on YouTube. I woke up the other day and it was um, rage killing uh, my Sims or something. And I was like, what? What? How did I get here? Like, <laughs> That's a bad place to get to as just, well. My iPad has just played and played and played and played on autoplay. Like, I just don't know. And it was oh, like a man. kid as well. I was like, what? What? why yeah there's some there's some dark shit on youtube there really is done by like nine-year-olds wow i think there is um i think i actually think i had a conversation with tom your other half about this which is weird 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 coincidence but i had a conversation with him where i was saying that i i like watching youtube videos but i can't watch too much because i feel like because the content feels more vapid to me and then because of that I feel like I'm not getting anything from it. Like I'm not kind of, it's not expanding me in any way. It's just kind of vapid entertainment. So I don't, I don't like to watch too much YouTube and I feel I feel like it kills my time. See, I think so that's I've, why it works for me to fall asleep too, Exactly. Because it's not yeah, worth my time to stay awake for it. <laughs> yeah. And maybe just because like vapid. having something, I like the word vapid. I yeah. use it quite a lot. <laughs> I really like it. But um, I mean, maybe having something vapid i'm gonna use i'm gonna continually use it for the podcast (laughs) um maybe having that is kind of keeps your mind off um like kind of deeper thoughts darker thoughts maybe and stops you from thinking too complexly because it's just kind of you know vapid (laughs) i'm gonna turn it into an asmr where i just say the word vapid it doesn't sound like a word anymore I love ASMR. I can't believe you don't like it. No, I just I don't you get it, tingles. Like, weirdly sexual, and I think that's my problem. Yeah, it can with be. It. I really yeah. struggle with it, and I like I don't get the whole just brushing things over microphones. It's just like noise, and like white noise doesn't work for me. So either. you don't get tingles? No. no. Oh, okay. I think it really depends on whether you're like the sort of person that gets tingly or not and I've yes, always I got tingly. Get tingly I but I get tingly at music like particularly like really like um sort of classical or almost hymnal singing um, okay that gets me tingly you know, but... you know there's a word for that there is a word for that it's called frisian is it the specifically when music gives you tingles it's called frisian Ooh. yeah yeah. <laughs> I have an actual thing that has a word. Woo. <laughs> How do you spell that? But yeah. How do you spell frisian? Yeah. I, I think it's F R I S I O N, maybe? Something like that. Just Googling it so I remember to start. Yeah, it is. But I do find. It is. Okay, cool. Yeah. I do find that interesting how um, I feel like stuff like ASMR, see ASMR fascinates me. Like I've seen like maybe like three or four documentary things, like little pieces about ASMR because obviously people are like, what the fuck is this? Um, But it's something that's fascinating to me that there is such a big market for it. And the kind of the idea that like, um, like they were saying in these documentaries that it's an interesting thing because people on YouTube have kind of took it further than science has gotten yet. So like the science is still catching up. So people on YouTube through like experimenting with what sounds good and what gives you tingles and whatever has got further than scientists have got um, just by experimenting. But like the idea that people listen to or watch these videos or whatever, like there's millions of views these videos have just simply for like 
for tingles for relaxation and yeah. things like that something that i think in the past people be like what the fuck why is there a need for that like we don't need that that's such a waste of time blah 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 <laughs> yeah, exactly. but then now we're literally like relax me like <laughs> like give me tingles like yeah. it's a proper thing that people are so conscious of how they're feeling the world is such a stressful place to be in though yeah but is that? Do you think that's the thing? But it's got more stressful. So in that sense, there's been there's more of a market for people to try and like unstress. Oh heck yeah! yeah. Like even looking at stuff like buying a house and how impossible it is. Like I say that as yeah. a person who is fortunate enough to own a house, but like you know what I mean. Like I could never dream of buying a house in London. Hence why I'm up here in oh, Nottingham because yeah. the prices are just astronomical. Like this, it's yeah. things like even things like that which is such a fundamental fundamental part of being an adult, it's just impossible for a lot of people. Like, Tom couldn't yeah. have bought a house without me. Like, it just yeah. never would have happened. Like, yeah. I, do you see what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think some things with, like, career and stuff as well. Um, yeah. Like, pressure that people... I've spoken to about it um, on other podcasts, but, like, the pressure that people feel to have a certain career and to do it like be at a certain level by a certain time and everything. I think that definitely, and just the fact that that we're not like, like nowadays we're just, we're just not like that. Like when I look at myself, there's because um, like, I like doing lots of different things. I'm like the idea of just sticking to one job and working my way up in one job. Like for me personally, I would never do that. Yeah, I mean, and I feel like a lot of people do that. They want change, like they want to try something new. So mm. they kind of go around lots of different jobs. But in that sense, you you can't, like, you know, climb up the ladder in a conventional sense. So I suppose maybe there's kind of stress of starting afresh. I mean, like change, like you said at the beginning, kind of the idea that when you change, you're starting from scratch again. So I yeah. suppose there's more, a lot of stress relating to that. Oh, definitely. Heck, Definitely. I wrote about kind of the idea of um, getting to know your anxiety um, to kind of make sure that you are taking the best kind of care of yourself as possible so that you know what's going to set you off, Mm. like what to stay clear of, um, how best to kind of calm yourself down and things like that. What are your thoughts on that? Um, So I would say that there are certain situations that I avoid, um, but I'd got to the point sort of with my anxiety realizing that actually I was just avoiding everything because I was so scared of failing or something going wrong like my my the the sort of the main the main manifestation of my anxiety is that the worst possible thing is going to happen um Mm -hmm. for example there was one time where Tom turned up an hour late and wasn't answering his phone and I just all I could think about was the possibility of him being in like a ditch somewhere and just that would be it kind of thing like that's that's how it manifests so I so things like I I used to be a heck of a lot more adventurous when I was a lot younger and sort of bounced back quicker um so like sort of like um like high ropes and stuff like that like I just as much as I can would love to go and do them I find myself being like oh but what if what if the rope breaks what if Mm. what if something happens and I end up in hospital what if like the worst happens and I just I just I, I I got to the point that I was avoiding so many things that I wasn't really doing anything. Like even right, as yeah. little as coming down to London, live like just terrified that something was going to happen. I was driving through traffic and just all I could think of was someone crashing into me. Like yeah. awful, awful. Like not a way to live. Like not a way to live. No. And sort of the the catalyst that 
that made me go and help myself was the sort of the that those thoughts it was that that thing that I was just like I cannot live like this anymore um yeah so I I ended up like one avoid like avoiding things but two like just talking about it like Tom has been the main one and then like you and Luce as well like just just voicing those thoughts like okay I need you to tell me at this point that you're home because otherwise I will think that you've got in trouble and uh, like thankfully I've surrounded myself with such nice people that that's not an issue like for my friends to do like Tom got in the habit of letting me know if he was going to be late which to be honest I think he should have been doing anyway but regardless (laughs) it was just yeah and it's just people just sort of accepted it and the fact that people were like okay I understand why this is happening I I respect that you you this is something you are struggling with and I will help you with it was just really nice like really 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 nice yeah yeah I think it's definitely important to surround yourself with people that kind of understand not maybe like maybe not that that they specifically have to have anxiety as well in order to understand but just someone who would be be um, conscious of it yeah exactly yeah. like someone who goes okay I validate your feelings because it's the worst thing when you tell someone that you're anxious about something and they're like oh you're being stupid oh god I hate that um, yeah exactly like you're being so stupid of course that's not gonna happen blah 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 um, so just yeah just surrounding yourself with people who are gonna be like okay you're anxious it's fine let's you know we can work through it I'm gonna kind of consider that in you know future interactions and everything like that yeah and I think it helps as well that everyone has encouraged me to do things that scare me, like sort of fl- like just going to Amsterdam on a whim for a weekend for your birthday or the two weeks I did in Italy where I didn't have a panic attack once, which was amazing because normally traveling because mm-hmm. we did six cities in two weeks and normally traveling I'm an anxious mess so it was really nice right, yeah. to have that encouragement and then if I did have a wobble I was okay and it was that encouragement to go and do something and accepting the fact that I had a ridiculous spreadsheet that I needed to make me feel like it was going to be okay and it's just that that sort of just just voicing it out loud and getting people to understand where you're coming from if they're your real friends they it won't matter like it'll just be oh this is another Amy Quirk perfect (laughs) (laughs) that's why we love you (laughs) obviously (laughs) I'm just a bit of a nightmare with some things and I accept that as a part of who I am and that's okay yeah Yeah. I mean how did you kind of come to terms with the fact that it was part of you um I mean in all honesty I I got really 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 low and I basically told Tom I needed to go to the doctors and he just took me like I ended up going so I yeah I had a bit of a wobble meltdown whatever you want to call it on one on the evening and he literally drove me to the doctors the next morning um I waited for an appointment and we just went and said I need help mm-hmm. um so I um gosh words are hard um I yeah so I went and spoke to the doctors and I said look I can't live like this anymore and I've actually been on antidepressants for the last few months um mm-hmm 
and I wasn't sure about it and I was scared about it and they do horrible things to you for the first first couple of days and the flipping doctor's like oh let us know if you get suicidal thoughts I'm like why do you think I'm here like seriously why are you giving me a drug that potentially could have those kinds of side effects um but yeah that's that's really really helped um I didn't think it would but it took it took a couple of months for it to settle um but I just I just feel like me again. Um, so that yeah. that that was the one thing. But I also got referred for some therapy, which mm-hmm. we actually got to a point where she went, you know what, I think I think you can cope now, which was a revelation. Having someone else tell you, OK, I think you can cope now was just amazing. Amazing. Because um, I've had therapy before because I got um, with all the health anxiety and stuff, I got referred for cbt and that did mm-hmm. not work for me at all and i basically i got there with this lady this time and i said to her i don't want homework i won't do it it doesn't work i just need to talk about it and we basically got to the root of what was upsetting me and got to the root of where sort of my anxiety had started um mm-hmm. and just talked it out and it was just so nice and it was just so like it was so lovely to have a completely sort of non-competitive dialogue like there was no well I know you've dealt with this but I've dealt with this kind of thing which you get when you're talking to people sometimes because everyone's trying to relate to each other so it's just it's really it's so like lovely to just have that that just non-competitive conversation and like to be fair she she clocked who I was straight away and she started telling me off for not saying things and she was like just like telling me off for stopping talking and not just saying whatever it was I was thinking and I've never had that before sort of talking about my anxiety because no one really wants to hear about it everyone's all for being there for you and accommodating you but no one really wants to sit there and talk to you for an hour about Mm -hmm. what it is that's actually bothering you right yeah so it's just really really it was really helpful really really helpful and she helped me sort of with some coping things and she just helped me sort of understand why it's part of me and yes it will always be part of me but because I've sort of rationalized it and I've understood where it's come from it's a lot easier to stomach and it's a lot easier to deal with yeah definitely I think it's important not to have it as some like frightening monster that you don't understand yeah I think understanding it's the most important thing like I would recommend therapy to anyone and maybe not necessarily CBT because like I say that 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 just did not that was rubbish um but the the talking therapy just having someone to air your thoughts to and have someone who turns around and goes no tell me what it is you're trying to say just say it is just really really like refreshing and like you can literally say whatever you want and there's no guilt over saying it because you don't know this person and you're going to leave that office and you're not going to, you're not going to have to deal with them in any other setting. You're not going to have that embarrassment that, Oh my God, I can't believe I told you X, Y, and Z. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't happen like that. And it's just so nice. So nice. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just such a shame that there's still such a stigma around both therapy and medication. Mm. And that's that, the feel like the the fact that people feel like ashamed just for saying that they need help i yeah. think that's just it's so i just find it tragic to be honest like there's so many yeah. people that lose their lives and things unnecessarily just because they felt like they were unable to ask for help 
so I think it's great for people like you who have asked for yeah. help and have received help and it's yes. really really has helped yeah. I think it's great for you to to just you know to say that and to share that yeah and I also the whole stigma with medication like I don't understand it I don't like at the end of the day it's only like taking a hay fever tablet to stop yourself right, from yeah. sneezing like if it's something yeah. that works like if it's if it's something that doesn't quite fit with you and it's it's com- like de- like your emotions are flat and all of that then yeah okay that's not the right thing but then people just sort of tar every antidepressant with the same brush I think without thinking oh, yeah, that actually if you just went back and said actually this one's not quite working but this one's good and just keep trying and I think that was that was one of the things I was so grateful for Tom for because he's had experience of it in the past he was like look if this first one doesn't work we'll just swap you onto something else and it's absolutely fine we'll just play it by ear and like having that sort of that mentality going into it of this first one might not work but the next one might was just yeah. really helpful but I, I just don't understand it like people take tablets for things all the time like my brain is yeah. still an organ and it's still something that's going on in my brain like yeah I just yeah I think, I think it's, it's sad definitely I think just the fact that it's pe- people treat mental illness as well I mean they treat it as not an illness they treat it as yeah. something that's completely separate from your body which is very strange it um, is it's it's bonkers like absolutely bonkers yeah but i think maybe it's just something it's something that's hard to um kind of quantify the fact that i'm feeling this way and because it's all to do with feelings and because you're kind of it's from your your viewpoint so you won't know what it's like for someone else like i don't i know exactly how my anxiety feels but i have no idea really what your anxiety feels like yeah so right I suppose because you. of that, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's it's a hard thing to kind of come to terms with, I think, just because every person's different and we, we will never know what it's like, you know, from someone else's perspective. No, we won't. And yeah. that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, that's totally, yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing. I don't know. I think it's just such a misunderstood subject. Yeah, definitely. I feel like as well, a lot of people, there's been a lot of times where I've been with people or I've talked to people who don't suffer from anxiety or don't kind of suffer from any mental illness. And generally it's like they, they can't understand. Like I've had it before where I've tried to explain like what it's like to have a panic attack and what it's like to have like anxious feelings and things like that. And they genuinely just don't understand. So I think some, some people, if they don't understand it, it's like they don't want to know, Um, which I think is is sad that people can be like that because you know it affects so many people Um, so it's important to kind of recognize it I completely completely agree what the ones I find most frustrating is I struggle um sort of in crowded areas sometimes I just I just really really struggle and there was one time went into sports direct and the ceilings were so high and the shelves were so close yeah. together. I was just like, I can't be in here. Like, I have to go now. I just have to go. And yeah. thankfully I was with Tom. So he was like, you go, I'll get the thing I need. So I went outside and was like, and breathe and breathe. But sometimes yeah. I'll be with people and I'll be like, I can't be here. And we'll be on a night out or something. And it's just like, okie dokie. Well, bye then. Because like people just don't get it. <laughs> Like, yeah, not at all. Like, and when you're out with like a, a group of people who don't know you very well, or it's a big group, it's really hard to be that person that's like, no, I, I can't do this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why a lot of people um, like bury it or try to ignore the, the feelings of like yeah. anxiety and just push it back down. It's because they, they don't want to be the awkward one. They don't want to be 
like, you know, drawing any attention. They don't want to gonna try and like in inverted commas like ruin it for everyone else. No. Um so, but like if as soon as you start pushing down those feelings, I think and then it just gets worse and worse yeah. and worse and builds up. Yeah. It's like so, a Coca-Cola bowl that's been sh- being constantly shaken every time you push something down and eventually it explodes. Oh. <laughs> Did you just advertise Coca-Cola on my podcast? No. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, an ambiguous fizzy drink. <laughs> Sponsored by Coca-Cola. <laughs> Hashtag ad. <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm going to pretend that I've got an ad. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Like, that's that's the mental image. That's how yeah, I, yeah, it's one totally. of the things that um, when, I, when I first got counselling when I was 15... Um, that was one of the things that was like it was a mental image to help you understand what's going on in your body. And I, it's really stupid. <laughs> it is. But like but in your in the metaphor, me. are you are you drinking the Coca Cola? Is that what's what you're supposed to be doing? No, the Coca Cola is me. Oh, but then, <laughs> but then, how do you? So is someone else supposed to drink you? <laughs> no, you don't drink it. <laughs> where, where have you got drinking from? No, but so okay. So instead of shaking it up and then leaving it and then shaking it up again and then leaving it, what are you supposed to do instead? Shake it up because you get anxious, and then what? But it remains shaken. Okay, maybe it's just a bad metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just dissect your metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> maybe, maybe like letting some out, right? <coughs> Is that what you're supposed to do? Oh, take the top off. Hang yeah. on. Yeah. If you get shaken, take the top off, as in like let it out. No, that's and then, not what and I mean then... either. No, oh. okay. Let's oh, okay. let's scrap the Coca-Cola metaphor. <laughs> you're a glass of water, <laughs> and every time you push something down, you're putting more water in the glass, and eventually it overflows yeah. because there's so many things right, that are stacked yeah. up on top of each other. Okay, a much healthier nicer metaphor <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me i've got a bottle of coca-cola downstairs i haven't drunk oh except you should be drinking water i do stay hydrated a kids. A of water. <laughs> yeah stay hydrated eat more veg yeah i think that that's actually a good point staying like um i feel like keeping your body healthy is actually good for keeping your mind healthy as well oh definitely like honestly one of the best things about having got a dog is the fact that i now have to walk him right yeah <laughs> like we went on like today I was feeling I've been feeling pretty crappy I built um the table that I showed you um which instantly doing anything creative anything with my hands is something that makes me feel bad that's one of the things I do to cope with it I, not cope but you know what I mean I paint I build something um I was yes. still feeling pretty crappy and Tom dragged me out on this 40 like 40 minute walk poor Alfred the greyhound was knackered by the end he's been asleep on the sofa ever since it's oh, so funny <laughs> like we completely completely wore him out um so yeah like that that is something that really really helps and like getting up in the morning and going for a walk before you do anything else I cannot advocate yeah. it enough it's so nice yeah. it's so 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 nice yeah, definitely I think I I spent a long time not like I'm quite unfit I don't really do that much exercise like I'm preaching I to the choir my friend to the tube and then that's it but um <laughs> Yeah, and then I joined the gym and then I think because I went into it with the right attitude, I joined the gym because I wanted to feel better and I wanted to feel fitter, not because I wanted to, you know, like be skinny or like yeah. look better for others. I did it completely for myself. 
Um, nice. And because I did that, I, I like it felt so like when I started going, it felt so great because I genuinely just felt like this is something that I'm doing for myself, like yeah. for my own well-being, oh, for too. my health. So like that made me feel really good. Yeah, I think when I think when you separate the thought of doing exercise from the thought of looking better, it makes it so much easier to do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a whole other subject though let's not go yeah into that. you've already sort of covered that on, on another one yeah that's true i covered that episode two yeah. right at the beginning what episode yeah. is this one this is nine nine jeez you've done so yeah, many yeah i know i can't believe it's taken me nine episodes to get on your podcast i know you said you wanted to do it straight right at the beginning <laughs> just when <laughs> it was like a long. little thought that's when i said exactly. i wanted to do it yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, something something that I've actually been thinking about recently is like um, self-destructive behavior. Because yeah. when I think about, as I've got older, I've um, like, as part of my growth, I've stopped being self-destructive mm. um, because I've kind of, the way I've viewed it is completely changed. And it's interesting now because I look at other people and I look at other people doing like self-destructive behavior. And it's kind of like, I understand it because I've been there because that's what I used to do all yeah. the time um but it's like they need to it's like it's hard because i want to be like you should stop doing this but like you know you can't be that person you have to let someone um come to terms with that by themselves like you can't just stop you know change your behavior overnight you have to kind of come to terms with it and deal with it yourself you do but it's difficult when you care about someone and you just want them to you know you want them to care about themselves as much as you care about them god i feel that so i have i feel that (laughs) But yeah, I think um, it's it's such a kind of cyclical thing of being self-destructive and kind of, I feel like maybe a lot of people deal with things like anxiety and mental illness by being self-destructive. See, I wouldn't even call it self-destruction. I would see it as just not doing any self-care. Like it's ignoring the stuff that, you know, makes you feel anxious and doing it anyway. Like destructive in a way that's just not helping you feel better, not necessarily harming yourself in some way yeah yeah i just i feel like maybe a lot of the time deep down we feel like we don't deserve it which is i think i think when i like really think about why i you know did self-destructing things and obviously i still do sometimes now and i think it is because deep down i feel like i don't deserve it yeah so i think it's um yeah self-care is so important to just you know realize that you do deserve it and that you do you know i think you deserve everything Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> um, okay, so let me ask you about your art. I would like to know specifically how your art helps you because I feel like, because obviously there's things like art therapy, like um, art is like scientifically proven to help your mind and help with anxious feelings and things like that. Yes. So how how do you use it to um help you um so my sort of go-to I feel like crap I just need to do something mode is actually abstract painting like you've probably seen them (laughs) in various Mm -hmm. people's houses because like my mum and dad have got a huge one there's a few in my house from when you last came up um but yeah just big blobs of color and like what colors come out depends on my mood and depends on what it is that I'm thinking about 
like certain things make me paint orange things and certain things make me paint blue things so it's very interesting watching my mental state sort of happen on a canvas mm. um yeah but it's just such a therapeutic sort of action that going through those motions of just creating something be it building things or painting but painting is is my go-to it really is and I like to whack on a crappy film that I've seen a thousand times think about nothing and just let let sort of let it just happen mm. Yeah, definitely. I Because I, I remember, I think I spoke to you about um, a topic that I wrote on another week about how, um, about trusting your gut mm. and like when the, like during the kind of process of making, like creating, um, uh, like how I learned to just kind of trust that I was going to create something and that I didn't need to like try and control it and that yeah. I could just kind of do what I felt, like do how I felt yeah. it should be. That's how I like um, to live my whole life. Where's the Whoa. <laughs> I do. That, that feels like such a big statement. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Exp- expand. What, That's how you live your entire girl? life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then you try... Because I feel like the element of control is something that is, I think, very much linked with anxiety. Because I think yeah. a lot of times what causes anxiety is things that are out of your control right well yes however I have been very very much sort of better at not being in control of everything so that's I let's say let's try that's how I try to live my life and right having having taken all the steps towards (laughs) overcoming things that I I couldn't do before like I am now able to kind of just just go with the flow a little bit more which is really nice and then yeah, yeah trusting my gut like definitely like I'd say I do it more often than not yeah I think there's definitely a process like learning to trust your gut which I suppose it's kind of the same sort of process of coming to terms um with the fact that you suffer from anxiety and dealing with it I mean I've always been a a listen to my gut kind of person like if I have Mm. a feeling about something not being right then it's okay the problem was when my anxiety got so bad that trusting my gut meant everything was scary and I didn't want to do any of it and it's been about sort of like separating the fact that actually that's my brain telling me it then that's not that's that's not not the rational thing so I I'd say I've become a much more rational person who's able to make sort of quick decisions by trusting her gut but it is I'm I'm aware that it's a rational decision that was really rambly (laughs) no not at all not at all (laughs) But yeah, I feel like um like I'm creating for me is kind of like I kind of use it as like a form of meditation. I think yeah, um, like the idea of like focusing your thoughts and clearing your mind. Yeah. Do you do you practice meditation or anything like no, that? No, but I keep meaning to. Like it's one of those things that I'm like I've started listening to um sleep meditation sometimes when I feel I can cope without a light. Um, before I fall asleep I mean um but yeah so Uh I've started listening to some of those which is really nice but I'm still I still don't quite think that I can I don't know I keep meaning to would you recommend it I I haven't really meditated before have you not no not really not in kind of like the conventional sense I have kind of like things that I do which are kind of meditative meditative in nature but like to sit down I don't know. I'm to be honest. I'm not actually that clued up on what meditation really is, like the practice of meditation. Yeah. But I feel like my brain would go all over the place if I sat down and tried to clear my mind. 
I think that's I what like scares my, my me mind about would it as well. I think that's some, that's something that I'm quite like concerned about. But yeah, I think painting is my form of meditation. Yeah. And watching crappy things that don't matter. Watching vapid <laughs> things, sorry. Vapid. <laughs> so yeah, watching things that don't matter. I don't think Tom likes yeah. it very much because it means we watch a lot of like stuff that's fairly irrelevant and he's all like serious documentaries and stuff and I'm there like, can we just watch right. New Girl? <laughs> it's good to have a good balance though, I think. It's oh, yeah. definitely like um, entertainment should I don't know, maybe like half of the time, like stimulate you, like in like intellectually and everything, and then half of the time just be pure entertainment. Yeah, it's kind of escapism. Well, I've started listening to um, podcasts that actually make me feel like I know about things, which I really like. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah, a lot of myths and stuff. So if if you ever want me to come on your podcast and talk about myths, I'm pretty clued up. Hang on, are we talking about like myths as in myths and like, legends, ancient Greek? And, oh, right, okay, <laughs> yeah. okay. I used to, I used to love that stuff as a kid, so I feel like I could. Uh... Oh, clearly, I'm still a kid. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay, was there anything else that you kind of wanted to talk about or touch on? I think the only other thing that I did want to say is. Um, you can actually get therapy through the NHS without going through your GP. You can just self-refer yourself. It's really good. So the only person you'll actually speak to is the therapist. Okay. Um, and I just wanted to mention it as a sort of something that I didn't know before. Yeah, I didn't I'm, know that. that it's, yeah, it's one of those things that my my the lady that I went to speak to most recently, she was like, look, if you ever need to come back, you can just self-refer yourself. And it's literally, it's on the NHS website. If you just Google NHS self-referral, like it's just, and it's that straightforward. And I basically went and had a meeting with one lady who I insulted her CBT and she was like, oh, I do CBT. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And then got <laughs> matched up with this, this other lady, thank goodness, because otherwise that would have been so awkward. But yeah, it's you can do it through the NHS. It's completely free and you don't actually have to go and speak to some doctor about something. Yeah. And I, and think, I just thought it was worth mentioning. Yeah, definitely. I think it's so important as well, the fact that we have the NHS is like in this country. <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously listeners from other countries, sorry, um, but like <laughs> yes. we have the sorry. NHS. So we like, we should definitely try and utilize that. The fact that we've got all these yeah. options open to us. I think it's important to use it as much as possible and to try out some like things that, you know, we have available to us. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think it's such so good because it means you're not going and speaking to someone yeah. who who not necessarily someone you'd really want to speak to because that environment as well, like going into like a doctor's, yeah. it's not conducive for wanting to talk about things that make you feel crappy. Yeah, totally. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for talking with me, Amy. It's all right. It's nice to actually talk to you. <laughs> this is our catch up of the week. We done. <laughs> yep. yep. See the, you next uh, week. This sort of half an hour that we were chatting this morning, that uh, before this conversation, like, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. Well, thank yeah. Thank you so much. Um, hopefully, right. um, we can make the phone conversation make it sound like we're in the same room. We're actually I'm gonna talking try. to each other. Yeah, that would be nice. We can even just pretend. <laughs> that we are together <laughs> yeah oh dear. oh dear so yeah so do you want to maybe do you want to let people know where they can find you um yes 
I am on Instagram. It is Amy L Steer, S T E E R. Other than that, not really anywhere. I don't Twitter. I keep meaning to Twitter, but I don't. <laughs> to Twitter, the verb. <laughs> <laughs> God, you sound like an 80 year old. Oh, how do you do the Twitter? <laughs> Sounds like a dance but yeah, move. Instagram. Instagram. Go okay. and see how cute my dog is. Yes. Good idea. <laughs> and see some lovely photos of me and Liv. <laughs> yes. There's just a few. <laughs> that was episode nine of Live and Friends Self-Care Sunday. Talking about living with anxiety with my friend Amy. Thank you so much for listening. Next week will be another written post on the Instagram. So follow the Instagram, Lives Self Care Sunday. And then the podcast about that topic will be on the following week. So make sure that you are following the Instagram. Um, please do message me if you relate with the topic that I talk about. Um, give me your take on the subject. I would love to hear from you. And then make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts so you can hear the follow-up podcast about that topic. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week and I shall see you next week.